Hello and welcome to Connect, the weekly podcast for the California MBA featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. I'm Susan Malazzo, CEO of the California MBA, and I'm very happy that you can join us today. Before I get to today's guests, I'd like to thank our Connect podcast sponsor, Incelerate. Incelerate helps lenders close more loans through better borrower engagement, the mortgage industry's most innovative customer experience platform, which delivers lead management, sales enablement, engagement, a robust mortgage-specific content library, and data intelligence, all in one comprehensive and highly scalable platform. Incelerate delivers dynamic technology, strategy, and content for every channel of your business to ensure engagement throughout the customer journey, whether it be your borrowers, referral partners, or any other party to the loan transaction. This dynamic enterprise solution seamlessly fits into your tech stack due to their advanced API connectivity, modern design, and open architecture. Gone are the days of managing multiple and separate systems and having your data trapped in data silos. This innovative platform allows you to provide your internal and external customers timely, relevant information based on data intelligence to build repeatable outcomes at each stage of the customer's journey. Close more loans, improve borrower conversions, enhance customer retention, transform your customer acquisition lifecycle, and create customers for life. For more information, visit Incelerate.com or the number on your screen. So I will, that brings us to today's guests. Um, I'm continuing our theme of legacy in the mortgage industry, talking about multi-generations in the mortgage business. And so I'm very happy to welcome my friends, Gary and Laura Martell. Welcome, you guys. Thank you. Hello, Susan. Uh, I usually like to start out by uh, asking how you got started in the business. So um, who wants to go first? Um, I think like most people, getting in the mortgage business was not something that I was uh, leaning towards as I was going and growing up, going through high school and and college. Uh, My wife and I bought a home back in the early 80s, and it just so happened that the loan originator that uh, had to take our our application and get us started was the owner of a small uh, mortgage banker company. And... Uh, talked talked me into at least coming down and interviewing with them. And then from there, uh, about six months later, I went from the restaurant industry into the mortgage industry. It's been a, a fun journey. Wow. Two, two challenging and fun-filled, uh, fast, action-packed <laughs> industries, right? Restaurant business and the mortgage business. <laughs> yep. And Laura, when did you know that you wanted to be in the mortgage biz? I don't know that I ever intentionally ended up here either. I mean, although <laughs> I would say I was uh, not quite born, but raised uh, in it. My goal and ambition when going to school was either to go for architecture, graphic design, something mm-hmm. that had nothing to do with mortgages. Um, but I ended up back in here mainly because it combined a lot of things that I loved. It combined, um, at the time I was doing more marketing, so it combined my, uh, my passion and background in graphic design. It obviously took what I knew and loved it had a lot of challenges and still, it still has challenges. It still has new things to learn, but uh, I will tell you, it was not not on my roadmap growing up either. We we obviously hear that from a lot of people. That's honestly, when I took this job so many now decades ago, that was one of the things that attracted me to the industry too. Like it's so dynamic. It's so changing all the time. It's never the same thing. 
never the same thing if I had in a year. It's it's really it it you know it draws you in. It makes you crazy sometimes, but it draws you in. <laughs> I would say it changes even quicker than a year. I mean, in some cases, what was relevant yesterday is no longer relevant today. For sure. But yeah, I absolutely agree. So Gary, you started Mountain West in 1990 when there was you know next to no technology in the mortgage business, and <laughs> of course now we're in an era where you can't, you know, you, you have to have some sort of technology application for every aspect of the life cycle of the loan. So what areas of technology adoption will you be um, highest, will you be your highest priority for, for this coming year? Well, I think we're using a lot of interfaces, APIs to connect the different technologies that are utilized. And it's really important to understand uh, the process from the consumer or the end user, whether it's wholesale or retail, you know, we're connecting with our, our clients, our customers, our business partners. And, you know, there's so many, there's such a variety, as you said, of technology that's being used, even for the same applications, finding technologies that will interface with several other um, tech stacks that do the same thing is becoming really important. And understanding, you know, going forward, something that can, that we can utilize for years to come if possible, because a lot of technologies go out of style or aren't supported or whatever is three, six, 12 months. Right. And I'd imagine for, you know, like Laura, for your peers in the industry, I mean, having that adoption of technology, I mean, you, you know, to attract that kind of talent, you'd have to be, you know, on the, you know, kind of staying at least up to speed with what's available, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, it's interesting because we were having this conversation actually earlier this week. The word technology is terrifying people right now because I think a lot of times we're hearing technology and the first thing we think of is, oh my gosh, another system I have to learn, another system that's going to take my time, my resources. So for us, I think it's so important to kind of understand our why, what the piece of technology actually does, be right. able to very, very clearly articulate the benefits of it, um, where the savings are in time, where the pickup is in customer uh, service or customer uh, experience. Um, but that's more the challenge is growing adoption, having people understand why they're taking the time to learn a new system and how it actually ends up benefiting them. And I think that's, that's more our challenge at this point is being able to articulate that. And, and Susan, I think our industry, like most others, we have great technologies most people only scrape the surface of what a lot of these can do, right? They get to a certain level, they go, okay, I've learned enough, I'm good enough at it. And we found for decades, really, we only adopted or uh, utilized maybe 20, 25% of a lot of the technologies that we had available to us. So really kind of just maximizing what you already have as part of it too. Yeah. Well, and the yeah. other thing I think is influencing people, again, with that, that why, we have great originators in the industry. We have great originators at Mountain West and, you know, having them change a process when they're already doing good things, they're already working with first time home buyers and clients, and they're already helping educate people and they're already, you know, doing high production. Um, we have to understand enough of the system, the technology, the why behind it to get them to change the habit and, and adopt something new as well. Right. Right. Well, 
that uh, that kind of leads me to my next question, which is kind of about you know the culture of of Mountain West. I've been fortunate to work over the years, Gary. We've known each other for a long time with several people at Mountain West over you know various and sundry issues and reasons. And I think a lot of your your mem your team stays with the company for a long time. What do you think that you offer as far as a corporate culture that entices people to stick with you? I think there's a lot of different pieces to that. Um, we are very proud of the fact of the legacy that we have with the amount of longevity many of our folks have. We, we continue to celebrate 10-year, 15-year, 20-year anniversaries, which uh, to me is something we're very proud of. But a lot has to do with understanding and knowing that we're, we're people in the people business. And, you know, our mission is to serve our clients and our other team members. And, you know, we spend so much time together. It's important that we understand the value of that and the value of each other. Because everybody brings different skill sets to the workplace, to the team. And we need all those different skill sets for the team to be successful. And I think it's important that we've we've reached out and make sure everybody tries to, under most circumstances, appreciate each other and the talent that they bring to the table. I think that's great. Recognizing kind of what you know the value that you've got in that team and making letting everybody you know get a chance to shine is awesome. Yeah. Yep. Now, Laura, you you are an alumni of our Future Leaders program uh, that we offer in partnership with Pepperdine University. What can you share with uh, listeners about your experience in that program? You know, I had a great experience. I think I, now I'm trying to go go back. I think I was part of the 2017 class, so it's been a couple of years now. Um, but I had a really, really invaluable experience in in a lot of ways. I think one of the first things it did is it introduced me to new people in the industry and new ways um, that people are doing business in the industry. One of my my limitations and my drawback is I have a lot of experience at Mountain West. So it was great to start to build a network of like-minded peers who are either in other assets of the industry, um, whether it was AMCs, whether it was from another IMB, a bank, and kind of all come together and find ways to collaborate. I will also tell you that I stayed connected with many of the people in both my class um, as well as the previous class, not only running in the conference circuit, which Unfortunately, we haven't been able to see each other that much the last few years. Um, but I know that I could pick up the phone and call any one of them if I need to. And I, I get calls and emails from a lot of a lot of my uh, fellow alumni in the course. And it's just it's great to to it was the foundation, I think, of a lot of my personal network and not necessarily building off of uh, Mountain West Network or Mike and Gary's network or those type of things. It was the foundation of my personal network. Right. I uh, am very happy to hear you say that. You know, we love that program. And uh, I will tell you that we are going to try to put together um, future leader alumni events at all of our conferences this year. So we'll be giving you information on that. But to your point, kind of allow people, maybe that has been a handful of years, but I want to reconnect with the people that I knew then and then, you know, meet some other people who were in the program. So um, yeah. can watch for uh, watch for that this year. I also, I forgot about that, but I actually also love the fact that I've been able to stay engaged in the program even after I graduated. I've been given the opportunity on, I think, three or four years now to um, also be a mentor of somebody else. My mentors during the program are two people, uh, Don Curtis and Wes Isley, that I still reach out to constantly. Um, yeah. They're, in addition to kind of my, my peer group, 
those are guys who have made themselves wildly available to me to just call and um, help elevate me in other areas or, or those type of things. And then I was able to kind of give back and uh, be a mentor for, for other people going through the program. So I think it's, it's paid dividends well, well past that as well and allowed me to kind of pay it forward. That's excellent. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. We are recruiting for our future leaders program right now, 2022. So if anybody listening is wants to uh, send a rising star, uh, it's a it is a great program. So uh, let's switch to uh, kind of the market in this uh, another another crazy year, right? Three years running. Refi is being a smaller part of the market. Are there new products that IMBs are considering to provide? Um, you know, more options to customers. What do you what are you kind of focused on this year? Some of it's back to back to basics. You know, for years we considered ourselves uh, quote unquote a purchase money lender, somebody that served the community and did a lot of first time home buyer programs. I think we're still well known for that in the industry. Um, because of that, as as the industry continues to evolve, people are going to look for programs and products that they haven't um, had to utilize or leverage or depend on going forward but if you've stayed in the in the market there's a lot of products out there that i think our industry has not um has not had to rely on we'll continue to uh, present a lot of first-time home buyer programs because we think that that's a market that we've always been out there serving and we think it's important i think the industry is going to continue to look for things that are a little more out of the box because that's typically what happens when we go into these type of cycles you know mm -hmm. when it's so when it was so busy the last couple of years nobody had to venture from your 30-year fixed rate gse or fannie um, fha type mortgages now we're going to be looking at stuff that's maybe a little more out of that box maybe a little more towards you know, Wall Street type uh, lending, non-QM, some other things. We will pretty much stay home to mostly um, uh, GSE and, and first-time homebuyer products that are attached to either FHA, VA, or, uh, or GSE type loans. But there, there certainly will be a growth in some of that outside stuff industry-wide, I believe. Right. I would I would say that yeah that that's uh I'm hearing from from other lenders as well. Another interesting year, boy, 2021. I've been crazy, so we'll you know buckle up for this year, right? Um, you no, know, every every year we have you know everybody years ago we had a 10 year plan. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's interesting how the markets evolved, and it's just like everything else. Things go so quickly and evolve so quickly. A 10 year plan became a five year plan, and we think well maybe we should just stick with a one month plan. I'm, I'm being facetious, but you almost get to that because yeah. the market, especially this last couple of years, has pivoted so quickly different directions. Yeah, at least if you do have a plan, you have to revisit it every 60 days to make sure you're still on still on track. Yep. Um, you know, I want to I want to kind of wrap up with a you know conversation about our advocacy efforts. I know you've both been uh, in different ways engaged with our advocacy efforts over the years, and you understand the value of what the California MBA brings to uh, the industry in that respect. As far as our advocacy efforts, what can you share with uh, our listeners about the importance of lenders supporting our advocacy efforts here in California? I mean, I think we've we've found tremendous benefit in what the California MBA helps us advocate for. I know personally, I've been to some of the advocacy conferences uh, up in San Francisco, or up in Sacramento, uh, and I learned 
but frankly, just a tremendous amount about what our lobbyists are doing for us, how they're helping us prep and then going in and, and having those meetings to really make sure that our policymakers understand where we're coming from as California businesses, what, what we bring to the state, why we believe strongly in when something is a benefit to us or a detriment to the industry, our consumers, uh, California constituents, I mean, really across the board. I know personally, I've learned a tremendous amount, even from some of the other uh, facets of the California MBA, part of CAMPAC, uh, those efforts as well. And I just think we've been able to either understand what's coming down the pipe for us much earlier on the process, where we can either adapt and make sure that we're attuned to it, or we have the opportunity to, at the very least, give our opinion and make sure that something that is truly a detriment to our clients, um, our referral partners, us as an industry, that we at least make our voice heard in in the sense that we're not happy with it or or um, how to maybe make it a little bit more user-friendly on our side. Right, and I, I really think that, you know, adding that, like you say, sharing that information with your business partners and things, I think is really, is really crucial as well. I'm sorry, Gary, what were you gonna add? No, I just, it, it what I found amazing is some of the legislation that that could have been written and had huge effects on us and and you know the home buying public in general and a lot of times they don't understand how you know what those effects could be and I believe CMBA has really gone out there and again at least educated them um, and and I I've, I've seen some of the legislation reversed that could have had some incredible damages that were unintended consequences. Right. I think, yeah, I mean, and that's part of, you know, our our constant battle, right, is the unintended consequences. It was perhaps a started out as a good idea, but the uh, the complexities of the mortgage industry aren't that understood by by policymakers. So um, great. Thank you for uh, your your support for all that we do on behalf of the industry. And uh, that brings us to the close of today's podcast. And thank you both so much for being a part of our legacy in the mortgage industry theme. And I uh, was very happy to have you guys uh, on uh, on the show. Um, thank you all of you for joining us today. To access any of our Connect podcast episodes, you can follow us on our YouTube channel. We're also available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. We'll be back next week with another episode of Connect. Have a great rest of your day. Oh.